Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Greetings, comrades, and uh, welcome for, to the Eastern Border. I'm sorry if I sound a bit different right now. I, again, am now using my trial microphone. I got the wire that I needed last time, and, uh, well, I hope that this whole thing finds you well. Well, for one, I have uh, now seen things with, with my own eyes. I got to, I got to the border itself, and it was weird. But first, I have to say thank you first and foremost, to the Pilecki Institute. They are Polish historians and, and Senit you does research and they they have a team of people who are who are helping to deal with all this crisis and one of them is Alina Novobilska and I wanna say special thanks to her because she she was the person with whom I stayed in Warsaw and that's helping me out throughout this trip and and uh, yeah, I just wanted to say special thanks to her. And if you could just please follow her on Twitter, even though <laughs> she she has more followers than me, because she's a really great historian, specializes in Auschwitz, by the way, in Poles in Auschwitz. And, uh, and yeah, she has her own show, Hack History, and you should History Hack, sorry, and you should totally check the, check that one out too. I think. But uh, on with the news. I wish I have. I wish I would have something nice to you. But then um, I really. Oh no, no. I do have one thing. One thing though. In the episode zero, I mentioned that um, I had a talk with Dan Carlin just before all this mess started, and um, and yeah, Dan Carlin released a new common sense episode out of all things, which he doesn't do in a long time. And although apparently he also didn't record that conversation, do listen to it. And if you hear messages about friends from from next to Russia then then he's talking about me there so uh if, if you want to figure in a lot of a lot of themes and a lot of subjects that we we spoke about and, and discussed were uh, are in this episode so hey well another time to recommend that show but it was really a deep analysis and a bit more sane time when I was still just doing longer stuff and and turns out another thing that happened was that as I was moving here, there's the city, uh, well, town, I suppose, by Polish standards, city by Latvian standards, next to the border called Helm. C-H-E-L-M. 
K-E-L-M. Yeah, uh, the problem is there's another city in, in Poland called Kelmo. It's like that, except M O is added at the end, and I, I made a mistake, and um, yeah, that's that's 130 euros that Booking.com won't pay me back. So when I went when I arrived here, I had to look for new hotels and, and change arrangement plans because I just hadn't noticed and it was too late to change. And I just posted it posted on Twitter because you you all have been super helpful, and I wouldn't be here without you without your support. But I posted about this on Twitter, and and I was amazed that like in an extremely short amount of time. You guys just pinched it and I didn't lose any money and it was amazing. Thank you all. It all matters now and I hope that um, that we all can can make our lives better this way. Maybe. There were, of course, a lot of bad stuff happening today as well. Kharkov is just bombed terribly. Mariupol is also bombed terribly. And there's a theory that... There's a theory that Russia has been changing their their tactics from from basically their blitzkrieg idea to kind of a kind of a new way, form of waging war which is which is basically some sort of more traditional one i i read an article about this on on i don't remember which media i'm sorry these episodes be, being made daily are taking a toll on me and i have to write for latvian media as well so I, I think I'm gonna write that article for Latvian Media tomorrow because right now we're just getting too tired. But but the the bombing is increasing and they are, as I heard, kind of kind of compensating for for the lack of of the quality of their troops on assault with just insane amounts of firepower. And they have decided that this won't be a swift occupation, and if they're gonna take it seriously, they could just level everything to the ground with bombs and rockets. And this is a war that of attrition that Ukraine probably will lose if nothing really changes in morale in, in, in Russia inside itself. But the sanctions are hitting them really hard. So let's hope for that. But but I think that Ukraine's early successes, unfortunately, might might have been caused by the fact that Russia picked a strategy in general that they are not well, not very used to, seriously. But about Russian morale, really. Harder and harder to get real actual information from them since a lot of journalists are afraid for the, of their lives and Dodge, one of the TV channels that I that I watch, a lot of them have actually tried to try to move away. Russians who have more liberal views and who don't support this war and who feel like there is no future inside of Russia, they're um, moving through Belarus and and mostly Armenia. So that's, that's being helpful. And uh, there is a massive protest going on inside St. Petersburg right now. Like, really a massive one, and I think we're, we're seeing more and more of that, because the anti-war protests, I, the pictures I've seen were huge. And one thing that they did is, in Russia, the, the is everyone's, I don't know, uh, all, the, all the Putin fanatics have gone crazy, that today, in, in that, that protest, the police detained a, a survivor of the siege of Leningrad. I think I'll make an, a, a separate episode about the siege of Leningrad. It's the, one of the more tragic episodes of the whole, whole World War II. It's about how people went completely starving and everything, and she survived that. And, and they're very much respected in Russia. So, hey, that might, that might be, might be something. On the morale side, also, funny enough, Russian convoy, which was supposed to provide fuel for the troops, itself ran out of fuel. 
And then Bayraktar drones uh, did their work because Bayraktar drones have been proven extremely effective against Russia when Ukraine uses them. And I think that's kind of a kind of a thing that, um, well, Turkey will kind of use in their own PR because they will be able to sell them better. We also found out that Ukraine sees some documents from from some Marines and um, they published them. So apparently these leaked documents from, from Russian troops show that war against Ukraine was approved as early as 18th of January. And the initial plan was to seize Ukraine in 15 days, starting from the 10, 20th of February to 6th of March. Which also just proves again the theory that yes, all the leaks that we had from from Pentagon and all from all the secret services of the United States that they were truthful, that they really meant something. So that's an important thing to remember. And that's a that's a really crazy thing. But again, about the morale. Well, for one, a Russian Russian. Um, Russian businessman who lives in uh, in Israel has now offered a one million bounty on Putin. And I listened to kind of Nevzorov's commentary on this whole matter, because again there there was quite a lot to to absorb, and there is there is a lot to absorb these days. And uh, yeah, well, Alexander Nevzorov, the the person that is among the most respected journalists in Russia today, he personally considers that Putin has only two ways out of this. One is just dying and to starting a nuclear war and just going somewhere else because he reminded me of a very important fact that I haven't mentioned in these episodes and I I highly doubt that I've mentioned that in the past year about Putin but that's a thing that we all know here. If you remember what happened with Kursk, the, the submarine that well flew down, that sunk, uh, Putin just also just smiled and stated well it sank when asked what happened to it. Putin has not admitted defeat or the fact that he's failed at anything at all during his reign that uh, I highly doubt that, uh, that he'll do it this time. Meanwhile, you know, meanwhile, life in Russia itself is deteriorating super, super quickly. And a lot of people are packing up and leaving the country, those who can. Their cards are being blocked and there's huge lines at the ATMs. And there are massive, massive rumors that borders will, will close soon. And there's a sense of panic inside of Russia as well. So, I don't know. I, I, I highly doubt that any individual sanction will force Russians to do, really change something. However, in total, there's a, some sort of awakening maybe happening in the Russian nation. And I, I think it may be a good thing. Because, again, and I repeat this, this is Putin's war. And, and Russians themselves, they've been victims of Putin for many, many years. And... And a lot of them don't want this war. And and those those who maybe do, you know, they've been fed disinformation for all this time. Russia's censorship is pretty bad. So it's important to get the word out to them as well. Meanwhile, Putin's supporters are now posting videos about how they destroy all the iPhones and all that stuff. It's just a bit hilarious, really. And, uh, you know, it, it's kind of like those that one time, which I definitely mentioned on the show, and um, some sort of grannies who who were super pro-Putin, well, they went out and burned fake dollars, and it was crazy. Another important fact is about the maps, because, again, I continue posting on the Eastern Border Twitter. Please follow that. And uh, also, please spread this show out. I, I I hope it reaches as many people as possible, because 
I've seen ridiculous amounts of, of half-truths and, and people who just post stuff that's not verified or or sometimes you have to post stuff that is in a level of rumors, but you know you have to follow up on that at least afterwards and make it clear. But there's a lot of experts around these parts. And yeah, if I was... Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. If I was maybe angry and, 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 and venting, on episode four right now, I just don't have the strength for that at all anymore. One thing about the maps, though, if you see maps which have, like, all the red on them with the Russian occupation, remember that the Russian army is moving by the roads, and a lot of the land that you see painted red is a land really not controlled by anyone. That's where the locals are fighting back, and that's where the Russians are moving. They control the roads, and they control where they are, and they attack cities, and they don't really succeed at... at holding the territory they, they're not policing all that land that you see conquered they're moving by the roads and, and doing things to the cities of course there are heavy battles and and russia and, and russians are now having some success in donetsk and lugansk but even there there's there's civil resistance over there which is which is just just amazing but uh yeah i'm in, I'm in helm now and and i got myself a hotel where to stay and contacted the local press and everything and I wanted to, to just pull out as I arrived here I just wanted to pull out the, my camera with me and start interviewing people and everything but I have to give myself a bit of rest because this is really really tiring you know finally gonna have some sleep but this this was really a reality check if Warsaw seemed like slightly more normal and going to the border like in a controlled group was was one thing that this is um, this is different, you know, and you're you're in this border town, super close to both Belarusian and Ukrainian borders, and and it's full of refugees. And and while I was at the reps, reception, when I finally found a, found a place to stay, and and yeah, I had to take a number that was designed to to be some sort of luxurious number for families, and I I only got it because some of the hotels here have just you know. They've left like extremely few numbers, uh, like few few rooms open, since every, everywhere like it's full with refugees, insanely full with refugees. And uh, yeah, it took me a, it took me a bit of. Shall we say, um, if you remember how I called the funds that I am I'm, I'm collecting for this trip, if if you if you know if you remember the first part of that saying, because I don't know, I don't want to speak too loud, but it it took a bit of a. Not, not exactly legal means uh, to to get this because uh, if you if you look at booking.com at Helm it's all closed, but you know they they had a number which was kind of unsaved. I I paid quite a lot for this, but it's worth it. And uh, yeah, I I'm definitely gonna help the locals because 
while I was at the reception and dealing with all this mess, just so I can report to you, a lady with, with kids came down and asked how and where can they get some food, as their cards don't work, because they had gotten Russian cards. And they, they, some of them had even, like, money in hand, and if they would have, like, if they could access it, that would be nice, but um, they were told that they're just, basically, uh, the hotel is accepting, like, they're, they're accepting help from the locals, and locals are giving it to them, which is nice. And there's a lot of stuff, I think, I'll, I'll see in the refugee camp, but right now, this is basically a refugee camp, just in a different form. People are scared and, and worried. And there was a dialogue in Polish that I really didn't understand, but I understand what she said in Russian, and it was just so weird, surreal. And I asked her if I can interview her later, and she said yes, but I haven't managed to find her. But I'll definitely, definitely be uh, helping these people as much as I can, because, you know, it's it's one thing that when you, when you speak about it from, from all the news and from Russian sources and everything, and uh, when you see it in, in Warsaw, and even there it's, looking a bit bit surreal but when you see something like that in person then uh i i have i have no words i cried and like i said this is this is taking a toll on me but i'll manage because i do what i can and i try to help as as much as i can another interesting thing about about this is that um, there were news coming in and it's in the ukrainian youtube channels the ones that are in ukrainian which i take a lot of effort to actually translate because I speak Russian, I'm not fluent in Ukrainian, but uh, I can understand it if I focus hard enough. So apparently there are news that Russia will spread some deepfakes, preparing, they're preparing deepfakes with Zelensky's surrender, which is not going to happen, but they're going to have talks tonight, this evening, so I hope that um, you're pretty much safe. Meanwhile, there's there's a town in Ukraine called Energograd, which is an energy city, basically. Or there, there's the largest nuclear power plant in Europe. And there were a lot of people standing in, in, in the roads today, in, in lines, and just uh, standing in front of... Um, standing in front of everything that was happening there. In, in front of uh, all the things. And apparently the Russian soldiers had opened fire on them. On these unarmed civilians, and also had thrown grenades at them. The video I saw was only a small grenade, but there are reports and, you know, some things might happen. One thing that I was told that could be really, really useful to you guys is that to give you a sense of scale about things. Now, Kiev is about the size of Chicago, or Paris, if you're in Europe. That That's about the size of Kiev. There's like 2.6 million people living there. I've been there, so I know. Kharkov is the size of Philadelphia. I can't vouch for that because I haven't been to Kharkov, but maybe maybe that'll explain some things. And Mariupol is the size of Oakland, apparently. I, I, I would say Mariupol is about the size of, I don't know, well, from places where I've been. Mariupol is, it's a touristy town, it's quite big, but maybe maybe that helps for you. I, I only have the, the scale for Kiev being about the size of Paris, but yeah. Maybe maybe this helps you understand everything more. Also, we had an we had an occasion where in Romania a MiG twenty one vanished from radar of the coast of Black Sea, and Sweden Sweden reported that there are um, Russian planes breaching NATO airspace. Well, Swedish airspace, not NATO, but the, there was a rumor that um, they could do that. They could pro- they could make some provocations on on um, non NATO countries. However, well, 
about Romania. The uh, kind of first reports I got got about this was that um, this might be a snow-related incident. But however, if you think about it, you know, even if even if they uh, blasted it by an accident or something, I highly doubt that right now NATO will admit that it's their plane and that Russia crushed them, because that would basically start a nuclear war. That would escalate this even further. So I will just leave it as is until I have confirmation. But it is quite likely there was just snow. I hope it was definitely because we we really don't don't need anything anything more out of this. One thing, though, is that um, I told you about all the heroic defenders of Ukraine, and one of them was Vitaly Shakun. He was 25, and um, to stop to stop uh, Russians from from crossing a bridge, he he decided to de- detonate the mines that they had placed on it manually because it couldn't be done remotely. And he died. Died obviously. And I saw pictures today of his funeral, and they were carrying his casket, and and everyone around them was just sitting on one knee and. and yeah, there, there's something, there's something in, in Ukrainian defense that is excellent. And like I mentioned before, actually, I'm pretty cynical of the situation, and I don't believe that they can held, they can held Kiev forever, and I, I, really, I believe that some cities, some, some, some cities will eventually fall. But it doesn't, doesn't really change the fact that they're fighting as hard as they can. And that even if they lose some cities, I think that they could actually calcify on some some border over there, because like I said, what's Putin gonna do? But yeah, I uh, I think I'll be I'll be going going to sleep now. You'll get a bunch of interviews and everything, and uh, yeah, you'll you'll get a longer episode once I get to the refugee centers because I want to interview people, and then I'll I'll send it to Anna and, and she'll edit it and. Well, we'll put it on Patreon and, and press the little button there. But right now, just uh, off to sleep. Have a great day and as much as you can in these these dark times. And yeah, please please do share the show. And well, thank you for for all the support. Don't remember, d- don't forget to to donate to Ukraine. And there's a ma- many many charities there. And like I said, we have links on them. До свидания, товарищ. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.